You are listening to Trophy Horse with your hosts, Tricky Mick, Alex, I Yield to No One, Steve, and Sid. Hello everyone and welcome to Trophy Horrors. I almost stated the, the episode number. Uh, this is not going to be our uh, next episode officially in the timeline. This is going to be one of the side things we do, the fireside chats, because fortunately Tricky could not join us tonight. And as you all might have kept up with, our next episode would be episode 450. And of course, if we're going to record that, we want Tricky to be here with us. So since we hadn't recorded in a few weeks... Yield and I just wanted to get together to shoot uh, the breeze on a few topics that have come up in the gaming industry, particularly pertinent to the PlayStation brand. Um, so yeah, Yield, how are you doing, sir? Uh, not too bad. How about you? I'm doing good. How has your week been? I know we're not doing the typical format, so we'll, we won't necessarily specifically talk about like what we've been playing, but you know, feel free to kind of interject that if, you need, if you'd like to. Well, I uh, dove back into some Red Dead. I was trying to get that done for... Uh, September for the legit side quest. Didn't quite make it, so I'll finish it this month. Um, so wait, how much longer is that going on? Uh, it's for the entire year. Oh, okay. I have, with all these competitions that have spurted off from the backlog beatdown, I, I kind of have lost track. So, so I was, I have been kind of, I dove back into that, um, got back into Ghost of Tsushima, was playing that before I came up here to record this. We'll probably go back down and play some more when I'm done. Um, waiting for my copy of Squadrons to show up so I can play that. And besides our, our Rocket League Thursdays, that that's kind of been about it. Yeah, that's kind of one of the things that I think we really wanted to hit on with this show because recently Rocket League went free-to-play. And you, um, obviously it's cross, it's a cross play game. So people on all different kind of formats, whether you're PC, whether you're Xbox, whether you're Switch, whether you're PlayStation, we can all play together now and kind of, you know, just kind of want to get your opinion on the integration of free to play into Rocket League, because I've been playing since 2016. You've probably been playing even longer. It doesn't really seem to be that much different. I mean, the only problem we had is, is we, we weren't able to add any PC players to your friends list, which I believe the last update fixed that. Um, but I we haven't been able to explore it yet. So that would be kind of nice if you were able to do that, because like we've got um, Levi, who plays on PC, and also he plays on PlayStation as well, but he's kind of more of the PC, and would like to be able to play with us, and I hope that that Epic account will be able to, you know, we can add those PC people from the, you know, in the game to a friends list where we can just be like, hey, they're on, join us. The the whole when you messaged me and and Homer too about the whole Epic account thing, like having to make an Epic account, it's kind of like a because um, obviously the transition to free free to play went happened when Rocket League went onto the Epic Game Store, so. I was kind of like, oh man, I, I hate creating accounts for everything. I don't want to have 10,000 accounts tied to my emails, you know, across the web. 
Luckily, you just have to tie it to your PlayStation Network ID, and that's all. There's no ID, there's no name, there's no billing info, anything like that. So that was a really nice touch, and I appreciate how easy it was to do that. And, you know, there was there have been a little annoyances. Like, I know that you and Homer lost all your presets that you had previously had from Rocket League. And that's the the car customization presets. Yeah, that 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 was that was annoying from for my aspect because I had like I said I had like sixteen seventeen different presets and it didn't like totally it I think it may have wiped out a couple but for the most part it it would have kept it kept like my car topper or my antenna topper so like I knew what vehicle body went with it but I kind of had my paint schemes all picked out, you know, if I want to go with the uh, gloss or pure lesson or stuff like that. So that was kind of, it was, a, it seemed like a major annoyance at the time, but actually considering of the shift that they made, it was more just of a minor annoyance. So, but no, but the switch to, um, the, I shouldn't say a switch. The addition of the Epic account, I was worried as well. But yeah, but just signing in where it was just, yep, we're just going to tag it with your PlayStation Network, hit OK. I'm like, that was one of the easiest setups ever. You know, for me, the whole free-to-play transition and, you know, like the new Rocket Pass, that has really reinvigorated my interest in Rocket League. I, You know, Rocket League is one of my favorite games. I think it's one of the best multiplayer games I've ever played. And it's one of those games that's kept me invested for years and years and years. And very few games have been able to do that. And they do it, you know, with events. And when you throw, like, hey, here's an event where you can earn all these cool items, then, like, the um, Radical Summer or the Lucky Lanterns events, then, yeah, I'm, I'm totally down for it. So the free-to-play thing, like, previously I wouldn't have, like, presets for my cars. I would just have one car that I would play with, and I would change it up here and there a little bit. Every once in a while, maybe once every three months, but now I've gone through and I've created like nine or ten presets, and I think I'm going to make a preset for each car model, so like I've, I've actually gotten, like that's another step further that I've taken into the Rocket League ecosystem that we're doing our Thursday night play-alongs or uh, our streams on Twitch, and the fact that this is the first Rocket Pass that I've ever invested in. I spent the $10 for Rocket Pass, and I'm playing a little bit every day. I'm trying to, I'm on tier 21, so I'm trying to tier up you know, at least once a day, and I'm looking ahead at all the things and all the items, some of the cool wheels and stuff, and where all the credits are, and it's like, okay, I need to at least get to this level, or plan to get to this level, and just kind of plan in my roadmap. So, the whole free-to-play thing, and the, the new Rocket Pass, has most definitely reinvigorated my, reinvigorated my interest in the game, and like, relit my passion for it, because now I'm playing it probably more than ever, or have been since the Rocket Pass came out. The only downside, though, it seems to be and this this is expected. I mean, there's no way around it. There are growing pains, and with the game going free to play, you get a lot of new players in the ecosystem. And you know, you'll be playing games in just the, the casual playlist, and people will be ramming your car. Teammates or opponents, they'll just be ramming your car constantly. Or you know, none of your teammates on your team, no matter where they are positioned on the field will want to play goalie. They'll also just rush the ball. Everybody rushes the ball. Yeah. So you see a lot of rookie mistakes. Like, I've started just to, like, stay behind to get in goal at the tip just in case, like, everybody just bolts towards the ball. So there are things that I think that initially there are growing pains because so much of the user base is new. But as people gain experience, you know, some people will stay, some people will go. But, you know, 
as newer players gain experience, obviously it'll become a lot better and it won't become as annoying to jump in a game with a bunch of randoms. Because obviously playing with you guys is great because, you know, we'll say, you know, sorry every time we bump into each other. And, it, you know, we don't bump into each other all that often, but you'll play with some people online now. Like, I'm, you know, say I'm coming out of the goal to hit the ball to the other side of the field towards our opponents, and one of my teammates is coming straight towards me and they'll knock the ball back to our goal. They're not docking the ball into the goal, but it's like, look, if you see me coming for the ball and I can hit it upfield, why are you hitting it back towards our goal? It's just just some rookie mistakes that I've experienced with um, with the game. And of course, like when you win games in Rocket League, you get more experience and that levels you up faster. So that's just kind of one of the frustrations I had. And it's expected because with so many like a flush of of new drivers within the ecosystem, you just can't get around it. And I've seen, I've seen, I've seen some complaints on some forums about that of, of you know, of the influx of of new people. But at the same time, that helps keep the game strong. And we talked about it like for years now. We're like, okay, well, what's going to happen with Rocket League? Is there going to be a sequel? Is it a platform? You know, once they go to next gen, what's the, what's it going to be? And the game itself has now become a platform. Free to play has allowed that. It's allowed an influx of new people, and you know. Like, the game doesn't need a sequel. We've talked about this before. The game looks as good as it needs to, so we it doesn't really need a lot of changes that would warrant a sequel. And with people coming in, like, cosmetics. Cosmetics are a huge thing these days, whether you're playing Fortnite or, or any other, like, free-to-play game or any game that, you know, allows for... Uh, even Mario Odyssey has tons of different costumes for Mario. Obviously, you're not paying real-world money for those, but cosmetics matter, and people are willing to spend real-world money on cosmetics, and of course Rocket League does that very well, where they have tons of different paint jobs and tires and trails and all these different things that you can attach to your car. And, you know, to be honest, buying credits to buy all the blueprints to, you know, even though they're not loot boxes anymore, you know exactly what you're going to get, that's going to get really expensive, like having to buy blueprints. Like, there are a number of blueprints that I want to, like, unlock, but... It just costs too much credit, so I'm kind of having to hang back here and see how much I get from the Rocket Pass and then maybe go from there. But it's allowed a, a whole lot of new people to come into the game, and a lot of those people are going to bring money into the ecosystem because they're going to want to you know, unlock credits, they're going to buy blueprints, they're going to want to pay for the Rocket Pass. So, I mean, this is obviously going to help Cyanic a lot. Well, yeah, and I also, I, uh, in addition, uh, they did it a while back, but they, they kind of put in a a, a store so to speak, I'm using my air quotations here, where, like, every couple of days, it changes. And there are new yeah, there's, things. There's and weekly, and then there's, like, featured items or daily items. Yeah, and and I kind of like that, because, you know, you could grab something that you missed. Of course, the stuff that I'm going to want is going to be more expensive than what I want to drop money on, because, like we were talking about, uh, one of the one of the Thursdays, we were all rocking our, our Dragon Topper from the the lighted lantern event and a couple of days later they had the dueling dragon goal score it was the white version of it and i'm like oh that would be sweet well, they wanted 20 dragon wheels in the store too so they've they're they're willing to throw the dragons out there to tempt us with, to, to spend that money they they wanted 2200 credits for it and i was That's like over black market like blueprint prices there cuz the black market items those cost 2,000 credits to unlock those, or at least most that I've seen. I was like, no thank I, you. I wish, honestly, that there were more ways to earn credits in the game, and not just through the Rocket Pass or straight up buying them. 
So, I mean, I'm sure at the end of the Rocket Pass, like, you spend $10 on the Rocket Pass, and I think, I mean, you might end up getting 100 credits out of it. I'm not sure. No, you can get, uh, well, this was the last Rocket Pass. I think you could get, see, it costs 1,000 credits, which is basically 10 bucks. And I think you could get, if you got to level 70, 70 was the max level of things that they had pre-planned. I think you could get 500 credits. After that, it's random. You could get credits, or you'll get a painted item of anything that was from 1 to 70. Unless it's changed. Well, they like all the tiers that you get with credits are 100. So I, I said 100 earlier, but I, I you might be able to get 1,000 credits, or like 700 or 600 or whatever. But considering like all the items that you get along the way, plus the credits and everything, like it's easily worth $10. But because some of those items are so expensive, it would be nice to be able like get a certain amount of wins in Rocket League Online, and you get so many credits. I just wish there were more ways to earn credits within the game. Well, and who knows? You know, they're they they've got the the season stages, and right now we're in we're in stage one. So who knows? Maybe when we get to stage three or four, there might be a complete this and get. X amount of credits. Yeah, I mean, they can, this, I mean, obviously this, this game has been evolving over time, so they can always evolve the Rocket Pass and the, the way the game works itself. But as far as, like, I know free-to-play, at least for a long time, had a really negative connotation attached to it, because there was so, like, a lot of games could be very microtransaction-heavy and very cash-grabby. And, well, and it, and there always seemed to be a, 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 a pay-to-win mentality with your free-to-play games. Whereas with this, it's all cosmetic, so it's not really going to affect you. Um, you're not going to pay to win in this game. So, I mean, I, but I think their implementation to free-to-play has been very smooth. I think Sionics did a really great job of that. Um, my only complaint is that I, is the real complaint that, you know, I would like to see change over time is that there are more ways to earn credits. Um, but I have faith in Sionics with, given how much respect they've shown the community, and how long, you know, they've been supporting the game. I definitely um, have, you know, a belief that Psyonix will do the best they can for the ecosystem and for the player base. And, you know, if there are changes that need to be made, then that we can, you know, they'll work them out. I, I think they will. If they don't do it this time around, then I'm sure the next time around they will. Well, Yield, we've had our head in the world of Rocket League now, for many years, and obviously we've we've revved our engines again, and we're back in that ecosystem playing all the time. But, you know, there are other big games coming out soon, and other big games out. One of the biggest games coming out in the, the foreseeable future is Cyberpunk 2077, which is, of course, a game that you are very interested in. And that has been, and CG Project Red, there's been a lot of discussion recently about CG Project Red, CG, CD Project Red as well as their new game, Cyberpunk. Um, you know, you, this is something you and I talked a little bit about, but, yeah. um, I figured you would kind of want to introduce this because of how interested you are in the game. I, I mean, you're pretty sold on the game, right? Yes and no. I was sold initially. Now I'm just kind of, of, of waiting for it to come out. It all depends. It all depends on when it falls and what else I'm playing, but I, I will be picking it up. But, you um, the new commercial with Keanu Reeves. I did. I liked it. They, it was a really good musical choice. Like. Even someone who wasn't 
like that interested in the game. Like it, like the music went really well with what they showed, and then having Kieran Reeves on screen, it's like, all right, um, you're pulling me in a little bit here. So I think they did a really good job with the commercial. Yeah, and and that that can make or break a game. Um, but what's kind of got the world in a comeuppance is that they've announced that they're having a mandatory crunch that from now until launch, which is, I lost it in here. It's November six weeks from today. Oh, excuse me. Supper's coming back. So for the next six weeks, they have to work six days a week. And everybody doesn't like the word crunch in video game terms. It doesn't say how many hours they're putting in. It just says they have to work six days a week. So um, initially, I'm kind of like, well, that sucks. But, I mean, I know how they feel. I work in a factory. I There are weeks I have to work six days, not necessarily six weeks in a row. But it also says in there that they will be well compensated for the extra hours they put in. So it it sucks. Um Adam Bodowski, I hope I said his name right. Um yeah, even head of CG Project Red. He said that it was a very difficult decision for him to make, but they're coming down to the final push and he had to make that unfortunate decision. Yeah, well the the article that I read came from IGN from uh, from writer Jordan Oleman uh, about this and and just Badowski's response to some of the the things out there on the internet, basically saying like you said, um, within Crunch, they're gonna for the next six weeks they're gonna have to work mandatory overtime. And but he did say that hey, they're going to be compensated for that. So, I mean, Crunch at times does seem like a necessary thing in the video game industry because this is a game that's been delayed twice now, and I'm sure CD Projekt Red wants to get it out. Um. Conditions, I would assume, vary from publisher to publisher and developer to developer. So, I mean, while some at some times, like I've never worked crunch, but I, I assume that it's it's worse for some people than it is for others. And, you know, you work in a factory. Um, I typically work a 40-hour week. Now, there are times when I stay to help do stuff and I get, you know, some overtime, you know, but it's not like a crazy amount of overtime. And we, we don't really know what amount of overtime they're, like how much overtime they're getting, like you said, the we don't have hours in front of us. Crunch, I, I, you know, it sucks. I, but it's hard to comment on it, or it's hard to kind of really lambast CD Projekt Red when you don't know how long they're having to work or what the compensation is. They said they're being compensated for their extra time, which is good. Um, you feel for the people who work there because it's like, well, you've been working on this game for years and years and years, and now you're having to go full throttle which affects, obviously, your personal life. Um, it You know, it can drain you. It can be mentally and physically draining. So I think that it, it is a situation that sucks. And, it, you know, he said that this is the hardest decision he's ever had to make. So it's not a decision that he made likely. As long as they're getting compensated um, and they're not, like, there 24 hours a day and getting no sleep. And I, I don't know. Like, it's... Without being there within the studio and knowing the conditions, I don't want to sit here and drag them through the mud. Yeah, that, that, that that's kind of where I'm at. So I'm I'm at least glad to hear that the studio is compensating the uh, the team for their work. Now, if the team would come out and say, like, you had team members come out and say, like, oh, well, the conditions were shit, oh, our compensation was awful, blah, blah, whatever. We were working 18-hour days. But for now, like, like 
speaking as someone who has like very little knowledge of the situation other than what's come out on the internet and and really let's be honest so many people when they hear the word crunch are going to react immediately when they've been covering um the the video game industry for so long and again i am someone who's always been comment commented on the video game industry uh i've done some like news reporting and stuff i've been to um to events and stuff i've never worked in the game industry i've never had a work crunch so like i again my perspective might be skewed somebody might you know hear this this episode or this show and like hear me say that you know oh well maybe it's not as bad as as we as people are making it out to be and be like no fuck that i work in the industry i work crunch it's terrible again it's not it is not an ideal situation and obviously everyone would want to put in their 40 hours or however much and then get out and put the game out and it'd be fantastic that's ideal but it's not always ideal and i don't want to you know talk shit about City Project Red because, you know, I don't know the inner workings. And like I said, I don't think that the crunch is the same at every single developer and publisher. It's going to differ from studio to studio. It's going to be worse in some places, and it's going to be better in some places. Um, but, you know, it seems like because crunch is something, it's not a new concept, it seems like crunch is something that's necessary within this industry. But you still have to find ways within crunch to respect the people working for you and find a way to compensate them for their time and, you know, still treat them as human beings. Yes. Because you don't want to burn your people out. You know, with your work and how much you have to work and how often you have to work, and of course, Tricky works a job where he often has to work crazy hours. Especially come wintertime. Yeah, and we've talked about it before. Uh, my girlfriend Ashley used to work as an EMT and she would work bonkers hours every other week. And, you know, people who work in the medical field work crazy hours, doctors, nurses, all these people. I don't want to downplay crunch, so um, I just I I just want to truly believe that the 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 people who are working on Cyberpunk are indeed getting fairly compensated for their time, and you know I I just you know want them like I just hope that they're proud of the work they're doing, and you know that once the game comes out that it is is it's everything they want it to be, and it's you know it lives up to fans' expectations because a game that's delayed twice and has as much hype and is you know a AAA game with someone like Keanu Reeves attached to it. It comes, I mean, it's dangerous because it comes with a lot of expectations. Well, yeah, if it's buggy, that'll be bad. But it seems like since you said you're already going to buy the game, that they've already done their job to sell the game to you. Well, to me, yes, but I mean, I mean, look what happened with No Man's Sky, how it didn't live up to its expectations. And then, I mean, even myself, I kind of, I went away from it, but the updates that came later, it's the game that was promised when it launched. So, you know, I, I I understand that it seems like they want to make this release date, hence the six weeks crunch. But I'm hoping that in making this six week crunch, we don't overlook issues that will be in the game come launch. Here's the thing, instead of just kind of like hearing the word crunch and then like the light switch flicking on and everyone kind of going after the studio on Twitter, like, does this, is this something that like the studio needs to reevaluate like the goals of the game, like how the, the management of the team was run? Because, you know, if, if you're delaying the game, you know, a couple times and you're having to go into crunch in the last six weeks just to get the game out... It may it needs to make like hopefully something good can come from that and it like the studio heads look and say okay look obviously maybe there was issues with management on this project from day one or maybe expectations were set too high or we didn't 
um, work too closely within the project or our capabilities. So maybe rather than just examining crunch, and you know this could go for the game industry as a whole and not just CD Projekt Red, but maybe examine how time is used and how teams are managed so that we don't get into the situation where people are having to work overtime for six straight weeks. It's bad. It's a bummer. You know, I mean, if they're putting in 12 hours, six days a week, that, that I feel for you that that does suck. And I really hope you are compensated, but we don't know all the details. So we can't get out our pitchforks and torches and burn them down. But, you know, if you're going to advocate, you know, for the end of crunch, that that's great. But also consider, like we talked about, other areas of society where people work ridiculous hours. And, you know, why don't you also advocate or speak out against like terrible schedules for other people too you know it's just not a thing in the game industry it's it's like it, it's in a lot of a lot of areas where companies just aren't hiring enough people because they want to maximize profits or they don't want to pay benefits for a certain number of people so it's basically a mentality of do the best with what you got yeah so make it work because this is again this is an issue beyond just the video game industry so let's not um box it in there and act like crunch only happens to people who work in uh or terrible hours only happen to people who work on video games. So, you know, the PlayStation 5. Yes. The Xbox Series X, the Xbox Series S, and the inevitable Switch Pro whenever it comes out. Switch Pro. <laughs> I like that. Um, so, you know, like, we, we're coming up on console releases. We've been in the rush at the Tornado pre-orders here, and everything that's branched off of that, and all the complaints, and all the cancellations and everything, and rumors and scuttlebutt. But, you know, eventually we will have the PlayStation 5 in our hands, we'll have the Xbox Series X in our hands, well, not in our hands, because you and I are buying Xbox. No, we're not buying Xboxes. Um, but, one of the biggest issues for you and I, and just kind of we talked about on the show, is just Sony's really poor communication. Yes. And not even poor communication, as far as, like, clarifying and clearly defining everything the PlayStation can do, as far as, like, you know, big questions and, like, that, that, that consumers would reasonably have when they're plopping down $500 for a console, uh, Sony has really shit the bed as far as just kind of making it clear, like, not only the pre-order dates or, you know, how, like, that that whole situation with pre-orders and not setting a, a, a date and having people go early and then, like, things selling out and then orders getting canceled, like, that was just a shit show. And all the number of questions that Sony has, has like, cr- like, almost every, it's like, their silence has created far more questions or their lack of information or miscommunication has created far more questions. We saw it with the initial reveal of Miles Morales, the next Spider-Man game. And, you know, we've also seen it with the lack of news surrounding backwards compatibility. We still don't have a lot of concrete information about backwards compatibility other than we know that most of the PlayStation 4 games will be backwards compatible and you can play those on the 5. We know that disc versions of PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation 3 games will not be playable on the 5. No. So... But, I mean, there's still a lot of questions about their backwards compatibility because Sony has given us just a few statements, but it's like, okay, well, what about this situation? What about this situation? And one of the things that is brought up in a recent IGN article uh, written by Jonathan Dornbrush is the fact that we still, like, what about PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5 save game, like game saves? Are we going to be able to bring those over to the 5 if, say, we start a game on the 4? Miles Morales and Horizon uh, 2 are, are, and you have to excuse me, I keep calling it Horizon 2 because I forget the subtitle, but those are both going to be, those games are going to be available on the 4 and the 5. 
yet another miscommunication that Sony had where they initially said, hey, these games are only exclusive to the 5, and then they're like, oh, wait a minute, well, after the big reveals, actually, you can get them on the 4, too. Which I still say is a mistake. What's that, yield? I still say that's a mistake. A mistake, but, I mean, it seems like something they also could have hidden, just to make the press conference look better. Well, yeah, but I mean... They're like, oh, well, we'll make the 5 look really big and important, and then we'll take the hit afterwards, because you'll still buy a PlayStation. Yeah, but I mean, and what I mean by it's a mistake, I mean by that it's a mistake that that they're releasing it for the 4, not that it was a mistake that they didn't tell us during the press conference. Because I, I was already anticipating the fact that those two games, uh, Forbidden West, that's what Horizon 2 is called. I knew it would come to me. That Horizon 2 and Miles Morales were five games. So I'm like, all right, I've already got it in my head. When I pick up my PlayStation 5, the first two games I'm buying, at least right now as it sits, were those two games. And then after the big reveals, a day or two later, oh, well, they'll be out on the four as well. Oh, well, there's two games I'm not buying for my five. You know, and so it, it, to me, I, I think that had you left them on the five, you may have gotten people that were on the fence to buy it sooner because I really want to play that game. Yeah, I mean, those those that revelation that those games would come to the four definitely probably prevented some people or pe- like people were more people were like, OK, well, I'll hold off for a little bit longer because I don't necessarily they're, you know, two of the biggest exclusives are, are actually going to be playable on the console I have in my house now, so I'll just wait. I mean, that probably definitely did, you know, have some people kind of holding their tracks, and, like, if they were on the fence, they said, you know what, I'm going to climb back over here, and, you know, maybe six months, a year down the road, then I'll, I'll invest in the phone. And, and especially since it, it sounded like that most of the games were going to be 70 bucks a pop, would you rather pay 70 bucks or 60 bucks? Yep. Now, the whole issues with, uh, with save files that IGN brought up, uh, I'm going to read you a quote. Uh, I'm going to read you a few quotes from the article, but starting off, Sony's Jim Ryan spoke in an interview back in 2019 about how the PS5 will let you carry your, over your progress in games from the 4 to the 5. Um, so, I mean, that would seem to be pretty concrete, but then as we've learned, like, Sony's idea of backwards compatibility has evolved as we've gone on, and, you know, things that... Because initially we thought we were going to have backwards compatibility for all the PlayStation consoles on the 5, right? Yes, that was what we thought. And then Sony has gradually clarified, so I'm assuming that this is going to be another one of those things that we have clarification on. Um, a few more things from the article, um, and, and this and Jonathan brings up a few, uh, three specific games, uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon, Maneater, and Dirt. Uh, even though PS4 to PS5 game, uh, game upgrades are varied, progression seems a largely unanswered question. Um, I think he meant a largely unanswered question, but uh, like, you, but Yakuza Like a Dragon, Man Eater, and Dirt 5 add confusion to the mix as Yakuza's March 5 PS5 release date announcement also confirmed that a PS4 safe, saves for the game can't be carried over to the 5 version if players decide to upgrade. Dirt 5's developers confirmed that while Playgrounds play creations can be migrated, other game progress like career mode and currency cannot move be moved from the PS4 to the PS5. Codemasters does leave the door open to that changing, however, so it's possible this could issue be resolved. And lastly, Maneater will let players upgrade to the PlayStation 5 version for free, but will not let them carry over saves. Trophies and stats, whereas the Xbox, they will be able to, or the, as, whereas they will be able to on the Xbox. And then he goes into 
to talk about the the Xbox and their smart delivery system, um, which will allow people to... Um, he says, this is, of course, not the case with the Xbox One to Xbox Series X and S versions of those third-party games, whereas Microsoft's smart delivery service enables developers to transfer data forward to the next-generation hardware. We've asked Sony for comment. Um, okay, so they so he reached out to Sony, but has not really, but has not gotten an answer on this. This is another thing that Microsoft gets points for that Sony seemingly gets docked for because Sony's just kind of quiet and it hasn't elaborated on how all this is going to work. You know, Jim Ryan can make all the statements he wants, but until they tell us how it's going to work and if, you know, if truly all those save files for all the compatible games will go over, we don't really know. And it doesn't really breed a lot of trust with me with Sony if they're asking me to plop down so much money for a console, but yet I still have so many unanswered questions about just a single topic about, like, backwards compatibility. Yeah. And then the question is, hey, you know, if you play Forbidden West on the 4, what does that mean for your progression on the 5? Or are you just going to play it completely on the 4 and then forget about the 5 version? Yeah. And not use some kind of functionality that is seemingly built into the console. Yeah. Bring your game over to the 5 and just pick up where you left off. And I think it's, you know, I, I wish that Sony had communicated it better because I think that it's great that PlayStation 4 owners will be able to get Forbidden West and Miles Morales. But again, my biggest issue with Sony with the 5 release is not necessarily the price. It's not the design. I like the design and the price is kind of expected. The game offerings look great. It's Sony's communication is just fucking awful. Oh, yeah. They they have. And when, and when people have come out with these questions, Sony has just either ignored it or... Well, we'll get back to that at a later time, and then when that... Said, yeah, just said nothing. Yeah, and then when that time came, they made more questions out of it, trying to answer some of the questions. It, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like they know the answer, but we're dancing around it because we don't want you to be mad at us. Yeah, yeah, and, and from, the, from the outset, it's like with backwards compatibility, it's like it's a good idea that, like, somebody's like, okay, this is a good idea, and this is what, like, a lot of people like this. But they, they kind of made a promise without ever actually thinking about how they're going to do it. Now, like, I, re I read the statement, or, like, we, we've heard again that the disc for the PlayStation 3, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation 1 versions will not be playable on the 5. But obviously, since Sony bought Gaikai, uh, the Cloud Better Service Gaikai, years ago, um, and they do have streaming capabilities through the four, through uh, PlayStation Now, I believe that they're going to try to either um, potentially resell, resell us or make a subscription service out of older games that you can go on there and just play, have streamed uh, onto your TV through your hardware. But you don't actually have to have the disc in the, in the into the console. Because again, if you're going to back, offer backwards compatibility with the technology we have via the cloud, it's, it's the best solution, because otherwise you're not going to be able to play those games. Yeah. Uh, I did want to read one other quote, and it pertains to Spider-Man from, from Jonathan's article. See, uh, confusion around Marvel Spider-Man Remastered also brought this question of saves transfers up, as those who are playing Marvel Spider-Man on PS4 can't upgrade to the remastered version, but have to buy it as part of the Miles, the Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales Ultimate Edition. Nor can they use save files from the PlayStation 4 game with the remaster. The remaster is functionally being treated as its own game rather than a patch to the existing game. I mean, it makes sense that the the remaster is is not viewed as a patch that it's just kind of like it's its own thing yeah because i mean you look at the last of us remastered like that was treated as its own thing and not just a patch but like just the confusion around like the whole spider-man series alone and its transition to the five is just it's mind-boggling how sony managed to, to muck this up so bad um 
And then lastly, uh, Jonathan writes, the question is actually twofold. Will saves for backwards compatible PS4 games carry over to the 5, or will players have to start fresh on any PS4 games that they want to play on next-gen hardware? And secondly, will all cross-gen games which either have paid or free upgrades from the 4 to the 5 versions require new saves to be started for those who began on the 4 version and want to take advantage of the new shiny PS5 iteration. So um, it's something to think about if you're buying a PlayStation 5. Uh, I guess the best kind of mentality to take at this point is like if you're going to buy Forbidden West or if you're going to buy Miles Morales on the 4, play it and finish it on the 4 um, because... Who knows? I mean, with those two games being big first-party offerings, you figure Sony will find some way to make the the transfers crossover, especially since, you know, we can save our games to the cloud, uh, and that would obviously be an easy way to transfer stuff. But, I like, I don't know. Sony's... Microsoft has an answer to this question with its smart delivery service, whereas we're still wondering, you know, about a month out month and a half out from when the PS5 is coming out about like the backwards compatibility capabilities. It's like we're learning all of this on the fly. And again, as much as I like what, you know, Sony's business model and I like that Sony has um, focused on first party studios and, and buying and having owned IPs and buying quality studios. Like I, I like that approach. I do wish more uh, that they would focus on systems and, and infrastructure like Microsoft. I feel like that's an area that Sony is kind of weak in. And, you know, Microsoft is, with purchasing Bethesda, obviously their own IPs, they're bulking that up. So the one knock on Microsoft, they're seemingly fixing, whereas, you know, Sony systems and infrastructure is still lagging behind. But I, I just want Sony to be more clear. I mean, again, you're asking people to shell out a lot of money for these consoles. Even $400 is a lot of money. And I, I think that their messaging and their communication needs to be a lot better as such a huge tech company that, you know, they, they're not a mom and pop shop. They've been in business for decades and for them to kind of be this bad when it comes to PR and communications, like, it's, it's inexcusable. Absolutely. So, I mean, Yield, how, how do you feel about this? Do you are, do you care if save files, um, if it's 100% across the board, save files can go to the 5, or do you care if it's a case-by-case basis, or you just plan it to, once you get your 5, anything, you, you will have mopped up anything you need to on the 4, and you're just going to go forward to the 5? Because I know that you don't particularly care about backwards compatibility. No, no, I don't. I, I understand it. It's, it's a, it's a nice feature. I get giddy when we're going to have it, but I've never really taken full advantage of it. At least not in the sense that when it's gone, I, I didn't really miss it. Um, I, I feel if you're going to put both games out on the four and the five, then especially if you're offering free upgrades, then your save file should transfer. Um, well, I feel like especially if you pay for the upgrade, then your yes. save file should transfer over. Uh, uh, yes, absolutely. Because realistically, if, if you're saying, hey, you can play this on the 5, but you have to pay to upgrade to the 5 version, you know, oh, but also all that work you did in the 4, yeah, that doesn't come over. Like, that's that's like dead stop there. I'm not buying that. Yeah, well then, yeah, I'm not buying it. Uh, other than that, for me, if I buy it on the four, I'm, I'm not buying it on the five. I've got it on the four. I'll play it on the four. So, but I feel that if you're making it a free upgrade or a payable upgrade, then your save file should transfer. I think there's a lot of excitement, a lot of deserved excitement around the PlayStation 5. 
that Sony's, you know, nothing to actually do with the hardware itself. Sony's communications and just the way that they have been doling out information, it needs to get a lot better because that they they get a terrible mark for that. They uh, the console looks great. Uh, it's obviously going to be a powerhouse. It's going to have a lot of great games to play. And you know, we all kind of saw the four hundred dollar, five hundred dollar price point going. And I like that they split it up to where it's. Like, I think like that's the best thing they could have done is say, hey, we're going to offer you. A, a console $100 less, uh, it's still expensive, but, you know, um, there's a, a disc-based model for $500, a, a digital model for $400. I feel like that's the best possible thing they could have done, um, even if it's not as uh, ideal as Microsoft's pricing structure. Um, but yeah, they're just Sony needs to act like they're um, a, a giant company that has a very successful video game um, arm, and they need to get better about, you know, telling us exactly what is ca- the, the capabilities of this console are, um, especially since it, it drops so soon and people are, are shelling out so much money for it. So Yes. Do better, Sony. Uh, get your messaging a lot better and tell everyone who works under you to, to do a much better job of that because, you know, we expect better of you guys. And I don't mind calling PlayStation out when they fuck up because God knows I'll call out Nintendo and Microsoft. I'll call it any of them, you know, just... Uh, just do better because Microsoft's kind of making you guys look like some fucking clowns right now. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. So uh, that is going to bring us to the end of this fireside chat. I don't think Yield or I intended for it to go this long. Um, but we did want to get with you guys and just kind of give you guys a show and just some some talking points here since we, we haven't gotten together in the last couple of weeks and 450 wasn't going to happen this week. So uh, we hope you like the show. Um, hopefully get you guys talking and thinking. Um, again, if you guys want to contact us, I would like to say Twitter, but I don't really think any of us use Twitter all that much anymore. Um, I do. So Yield's probably the best one about that. But um, best place to reach us, you can reach us at uh, trophyhors at provinggamer.com um, the email. And then you can also reach us, just post in the um, the Facebook group. Facebook group. One for Trophy Horrors. We also have one for game stuff. So if you guys want to get in, ta- in contact with any of the hosts or just, you know, tap into the community or you have any questions you want us to answer or you want to, you want to tack on to any discussion that we've had or, you know, correct us if we're wrong about anything or just kind of add points that may shed more light on a situation, uh, Facebook, the Facebook pages are probably the best place to do that. So, uh, but again, you can also email us. So, um, uh, yeah, so that is, uh, going to be into this, uh, this show, this little, this little spinoff here. Uh, Yield, you got anything else you want to say before we, we get out of here? If you want to join us Thursdays, seven-ish, for our Rocket League on our Twitch channel, you're not going to see eSport moves on there, but you will laugh. Well, maybe from Yield, you'll see eSports moves from Yield. Why, I'm not that good. We're we're competent players. I think Homer said it best when he called us competent players. We yes. can win. We can string off uh, a good win streak, but you know there are still times when we come up against a player who will just like wreck us, crack us. <laughs> they, they will just cave our face in with six or seven goals. So, uh, yeah, we're not we're not money winning material, but you know we we can definitely be competitive, and you know we can also be entertaining. So yes, definitely please join us on Thursday nights at seven for some Rocket League. And you know Tricky has also been talking about trying to get streams together for Fall Guys. I just saw that Fall Guys has announced that their second season is coming up. So if you guys uh, you want to see more Fall Guys, or if you want to see uh, you know Tricky or other people from the site stream Fall Guys, you know just let us know. You're probably not going to see Yield because I know that game frustrates the ever living bejesus out of Yield. It's not it's not one of my favorites. Yeah. So. Uh, yep, so catch us on Twitch at uh, 7 p.m. on Thursdays for Scrum Rock League. 
Uh, get in touch with us via email or on the Facebook group. Uh, but uh, until episode 450, happy trophy on. Bye, everybody. song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash Even Philippines.